Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago. I have a special guest. It is rare that we get a a Broadway and television and film veteran uh, in town, but uh, Edward Hebert. Am I saying your name? No, it's actually just Hibbert. Hibbert. Okay, yep. Edward Hibbert, just who is Hibbert. in Sound of Music at the Lyric Opera, Indeed. playing one of the, one of the great characters in the show, Max Detweiler. Yes. Well, thank you. I think he's a great character. Uh, a lot of stuff going on there. He's the uh, entrepreneur who ultimately gets the Von Trapp family to perform in the Salzburg Festival. Um, he's a friend to Captain Von Trapp. He's witty, he's audacious, and I think a little conniving. I mean, there is a possibility, I think, of some political ambivalence there. Yeah, he's, the he's a survivor, thing. right? And I think there's this reference in the script. It's a very good script, the play, much better than the movie, I think, where there are phone calls coming in for him from Berlin and telegrams, and so one's not quite sure how uh, Lily White his morals perhaps are. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to play on every level. But I'm glad you brought that, that up, that the, the stage play is better than the film. Oh, much. I, I think so, too. And I'm it's different. Ra- I'm in that rare minority, I must tell you. I'm going to get hate mail for this, but I didn't <laughs> like the movie. I saw it again recently. Well, I did in a lot of ways, but but it, it's as a theatrical piece, it's much stronger. And more powerful. Oh, yeah, I think so. I think they really coated on the syrup and the saccharin, you know? I mean, that wonderful opening shot of Julie running down the hills and all that. Of course, it's beautiful. But... Um, I think it packs a better punch as a as a as a stage show. I agree. I agree, and it's structured a little bit different. So, it is so exactly. audience members. And it has songs that are not in the movie. That's right. Yeah, two of which I'm in. That's right. You are. <laughs> yes. That's got to be fun. It is fun. Well, I mean, I I thought yesterday we had this extraordinary orchestra here, and I was standing on the stage doing some pickups just to work with the orchestra on one of the songs I'm in. And I'm standing next to the wonderful Elizabeth Futrell, very renowned soprano, who's mm-hmm. playing opposite me. And I thought, just remember this, Edward. You know, I mean, you've done a lot of shows, you've done musicals, but here you are standing on the stage of this vast and impressive opera house, and you're singing with a 40-piece orchestra. That so is, enjoy it. You, and I do. Wow. What about the vocal challenges uh, in, a, in a big house like this? Well, you see, they're not... Uh, Unfortunately, I mean, you know, again, I feel like so, when you say veteran, I always think it's some old person with a walking stick in there, <laughs> don't it? But I have done quite a lot. And I mean, you know, I'm so anti miked actors in straight plays. In I musicals so now, agree with you, yeah. And in the old days, I yeah. think I can't quite remember this far back, veteran though I may be, the people at Drury Lane in London. Evelyn Lay in a Noel Coward musical, mm-hmm. singing with a full orchestra with no amplification whatsoever. So now we've got so zapped up and everybody wants these large electronic sounds, that's when it's all might. So when you say vocal challenges, I mean, uh, there's always the sort of adventure of going into the world of singing in a show. I've done it a few times now, and I really didn't train for musical theatre. It just happens, and I've done quite a lot of it over the last few years. Yes, you have. So tell uh, us more about, about Sound of Music. So I want to get into your career, but I, but I want to tell people... Well, you mean about the show or about my what, experience? What about the show and your experiences in well, the show? Well, it's been a wonderful and rather uh, frenetic journey. Um, uh, being here at the Lyric Art Approach, of course, is, is, is now doing one... 
standard musical, I think Carousel they're doing. and Carousel's next year, yes. So, you know, one has limited time, and it's mm-hmm. a, it's an epic monster of a show to put on. And this- so Mark Bruni, our very talented and extremely organised director... Well, I believe this could be the, the, the most... The largest, most vast production of sound and music ever in Chicago. I don't doubt it. Or anywhere. Anywhere, probably, yeah. Um, And he's done a masterful job of weaving out a schedule where the adults can work. And the children, you know, Chicago child labor ruling decrees they can only work, I think, oh, a minimal amount of time a week. So we had to allow that in our Mm -hmm. rehearsal period. So one comes to this week as we go from the rehearsal room into dress rehearsals and then preview and opening, uh, feeling that one really has had to do it in a very <laughs> concise manner mm-hmm. because it has been a, a rush. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be interesting. Is, it, is this one of the bigger shows you've been in? I think in terms of orchestra yeah. and the majesty of these wonderful sets, probably yes. Uh, the most... I mean, I've done several musicals on Broadway, um, and they were big, but not as lavish in terms of size um, and demands as this one, I don't think, no. So you think the Chicago audiences are going to be impressed with this show? Well, one hopes. <laughs> you tell me. I yeah. haven't played it. Actually, that's not true. I did play in Chicago ages ago. I just moved to New York, and it was the days when straight plays from Broadway would do what I call a sit-down national tour. You would sit down in Chicago, Denver, Boston, Toronto. You'd take an apartment. You'd get to know this. A wonderful way for someone like me to get to know America. Yeah, and make contacts. I did the national tour of the first Broadway production of Noises Off. And we played the Blackstone Theatre here. Yes, I remember. Uh, sure. Which I hear is no longer really functioning, is it? No, it isn't. No. So that was my last time working here. And, of course, now, many years later, I played another part in Noises Off when it was revived on Broadway with Paddy Lapone and Peter Gallagher. Oh, that had to be so fun. I went from playing a sort of room-temperature IQ stage manager <laughs> into playing um, a very neurotic uh, character actor in the show. Oh. It's one of the great comedies of all time. Yes, it is. I, I agree. We've had some great productions of mm. it. Yeah. Mm. So, Sound of Music uh, is, diff- is going to be different than the movie, that's for sure. What about the playing off the, these opera stars, these big opera voices. Well, I mean, Christine Brewer, you've never heard Climb Every Mountain sang as beautifully. And she's as, great, um, yeah. In fact, I was making her laugh yesterday. A friend of mine had emailed me and said, oh my God, you're working with the fabulous Christine Brewer, one of our, my favorite sopranos. I would love to hear her sing Climb Mary Martin. Which is <laughs> Climb Mary Martin. And I told it to Christine. She said, oh God, I hope I don't say that on stage. <laughs> yeah, don't put that thought in her head. Right? Climb Mary Martin. Glorious voice. Elizabeth, who I mentioned earlier, Futrell, plays Elsa, the Baroness, who's sort of my partner in crime, if you will, my um, uh, my accomplice or whatever. And she has a beautiful voice, too. So, what about the acting challenge of your part and her part? They're, they're probably the most challenging parts, other than, you know, than the captain and, and Maria. Well, yes. I think, it's a, I think the thing about the show is... It moves quite skillfully and deftly from the drama, 
the accelerated drama of what was happening in Austria at this time, mm-hmm. culminating in the escape of the Von Trapp family. And then there are scenes of sort of witty repartee, such as the scenes I have with um, Elsa and the captain. So it goes from sort of a serious, um, powerful uh, uh, historical journey, and then there's these scenes like, I don't know, it's sort of like uh, Myrna Loy and... uh, who did she play opposite in movies? It was Nana Loy and... Uh, uh, I'm blank. You know, those those mm-hmm. 30s yeah. comedies. Yeah. So there's a nice kind of uh, mix of styles there, I think. Well, it's also important to set the tone. You guys yes. you guys are talking about what the, the underscore of what's really going on That's in the right. world at that time. Which, exactly. Which, which makes his dilemma... Uh, tough to do. Indeed, yeah. predicament. How are the kids? They're wonderful. Isn't it amazing how much better children actors are these days? They're totally professional, committed, dedicated, and I look at them and I watch what they do and I just think they've had an incredibly short amount of time to do this and it's being done to the manner born. Wow. That, that is, and what great training. Huh? It's too bad. Fantastic. One wonders how many of them will get, you know, bitten by the bug and go on to a career in performing. I haven't had a chance because we've been so busy to ask them. I'm sure one or two of them will. Well, yeah, but even even the rest Come of... Come in! Who, who is it? Just off, uh, oh, hi, how are you? Okay. Thanks. All right, no problem. So, but even if they don't go on acting or the... Experience of this for the for the children, the oh, discipline, wonderful. the commitment, and uh, and so forth. It's got to be something that'll that they'll it'll make them successful no matter what they do. I think that's exactly right. I remember uh, as I was brought up in the home of a theatrical family, a father and a mother, both performers, and I was asked at the age of I think thirteen to play boy babe in Babes in the Wood, a professional Christmas production, okay. and my father said, "You're not doing this." If you want to perform and you want to act, you'll go to school, you'll do what you have to do, and if you still want to do it... And I remember being heartbroken and just became... I thought, how can this be happening to me? But I realise, in hindsight, better. I think an awful lot of children who go into this business at a very young age get burnt out. Well, a lot of them get pushed into it, too. The Mama Rose thing. (laughs) Well, and you look at, like, back to Judy Garland. Yeah. Being fed pills to get them up and to get them to sleep. And look at Lindsay Lohan. That's a disaster on wheels, isn't it? Yeah. Um, So I I look back on that, and I think, no, better to do that. I mean, great to come, if you're a child now, playing in the Von Trapp in The Sound of Music. But I think that um, I... I think, as I said to these students I was talking to about two years ago in California, I said, I hope you're all polishing your Tonys and your Academy Awards and everything, but I ask you all to have something else to do. I think it's very important for all performers to have something else in their life apart from performing. Yeah, it you makes know? sense. And a skill. Have another, have another uh, job skill, too. That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But I mean, other, and interests. So you don't you don't mentally uh, get burned out. That's right. Oh, that makes sense. Well, let me put a little plug in for the Lyric Opera's production of uh, Sound of Music. It opens on April twenty seventh, and you're running all the way through to May twenty fifth. I understand. We are. Yeah, we've added a week. Yeah, they've added, and that's that's rare, but that's terrific, it's especially good. in a thirty five hundred seat house. I know. Yeah. 
I know. That should that should be fun. Which I hope will be packed to the rafters. Yeah. You won't have a problem with doing six or eight performances a week. No, I spent my life doing it. Yeah. A week. But what about the opera people that are used to several days off? Well, I must say, when I was first invited to do this yeah. under the umbrella of the revered Lyric Opera, I thought, oh, that'll be very nice. There'll be a Monday, Tuesday Sound of Music. There'll be an Aida on Wednesday, a Tusker on Thursday, yeah. an Ultra. And then we'll come back on the Sunday. No, we're doing a straight eight. Yeah. Well, you know, they're experimenting with doing that one musical yeah. year after their regular season. It was Oklahoma last year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Oklahoma. Then they did, they did uh, uh, what did they do before that? Um, Oklahoma. Oh, they did Showboat. That's right. Great productions. Of, that's well, that's really right. an opera, really. It really is. Yeah. Like Porgy and Bess they're doing yeah. uh, next year as well, which I think is a beautiful score. And that, again... Where do you draw a line between a musical and an opera? Well, I really think it was an opera, but I think it was so far ahead of its time that, that you know, the Gershwin got so aggravated, he, just, he left and went to yeah, Hollywood. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And it didn't get appreciated until after he was dead, unfortunately. Yeah. So let's talk about your career. I, I was reading through your, your bio, and wow, is there anything you haven't been in? Yes, Downton Abbey. Ah, yes. And if I have a dollar for everyone who says, why aren't you in Downton Abbey? I'm well, you just scooped me. You just, you just scooped me on that. But <laughs> have you, do you know any of the people there? Uh, well, I, I, I'm blessed to have as a very dear friend the fantastic Dame Maggie Smith, oh. who I got to work with uh, very early in my career, and a friendship has ensued and maintained over... 25 glorious years. Yeah. But no, I think they're going to do one more season. I mean, look, I, I don't really live in London anymore. Okay. I go back rarely when I do. Sometimes it's to do a little television, but I haven't done a play there for a long time. I'd like You're to based out of New York now. Yeah, New York is pretty much uh, my primary base, but I would be very happy to go back to England and do something. Yeah. Well, Maggie Smith is, is an interesting character. I finally saw her on 60 Minutes and did an interview. Yes, I and saw she that. Did you see how rare she does interviews? She did a wonderful Charlie Rose interview, too. Which if you can know. catch that, it's okay. terrific. So, based out, you're based out of New York. Yes. Now. And I go to California when they need me. Okay. Or when they want When me. they want you. Yes. But I could see you, I could see you in, on uh, Downton Abbey. Yeah. I could, too. Yeah. I th I, what do the English think of the show? I, I think, it, to be honest with you, yeah. I think they like it. The people I know in England, I think, are not that mad about it. But it's so huge. Mm -hmm. It's become bigger than anybody ever anticipated. And America adores it. I think Channel 3 PBS would say it's the most successful imported or indeed successful series they've ever shown. Yeah, it, uh, uh, Masterpiece Theatre, it's the That's number right. one show of all times, mm -hmm. yeah. And I know people that, you know, the buy the discs and everything. And, mm. and I, I, I've watched it uh, on a, when they do a, uh, a Saturday afternoon where they do all the episodes of a given season. It, it's fun. It's got a great style about it. It's got a wonderful quality cast mm -hmm. from Maggie through to the wonderful Penelope Wilton. Yeah. Um, a, they're all true. Hugh Bonneville. I mean, it's, it's a great ensemble. Yeah, they, they, they do a good job. So you just came off Mr. Mrs. Warren's profession. Well, I didn't just come off it. It's a play I'm very fond of. I've actually done it twice. And most recently on Broadway with the great Cherry Jones. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was directed by one of my favorite directors, Doug Hughes, mm -hmm. who directed Cherry in Doubt. Yes, that and was I awesome. I think it's one of Shaw's best plays. Oh, I do. I, think I agree. It's quite extraordinary. Yeah, we, we have a couple of theater companies here in Chicago. Uh, who do it? Yeah, Court and another smaller one called Remy Bumpel. Top Equity. 
player, all classically trained. Great, and, yeah. great. I saw it when I was a schoolboy with the great Coral Brown playing Mrs. Warren. Oh. Um, and with her well-known... I think she was well-known over here. She spent her last years in Hollywood as Mrs. Vincent Price. But she was a great leading lady in London, and she gave a great Mrs. Warren. Okay. Then you did two of my favorite plays, Curtains and Drowsy Chaperone. Well, those are back-to-back, and that was two really extraordinary years for me because I got to do two original, that's a capital O for original, musical comedies based upon not a movie, not from other source material. They were both truly original musicals. Yeah. And Drowsy Chaperone, when I first looked at it, I thought, what a brilliant conceit for a musical. I agree. To have this eccentric man who's obsessed with this fictitious Broadway musical and then it comes to life. What a thrill that was. And it's done in the old style. Yes. And, and there's a movie coming, I hear. Oh, there's going to be a movie? Apparently with Jeffrey Rush, so I hear. Oh. And then Curtains was like a love fest because it was a reunion with darling David Hyde Pierce, who, of course, I'd mm-hmm. spent many episodes of Frasier on. In fact, I've been working a lot with David. Uh, we had our Curtains experience. The last musical written by Candor and Ebb, because sadly Fred Ebb passed away. Yes, he did. During our many workshops of it. Um, I think Deborah Monk and I were in about five workshops of that show before we finally uh, got to do it on Broadway. Um, and then David directed me last year in, a mu- in a, another original musical written by his partner, Brian Hargrove, which starred Tyne Daly. And we tried out in New Brunswick at the George Street Theatre. And there's been a hiatus because of Tyne's commitments. But just in the last couple of weeks, I got word we're going to be doing it on Broadway uh, next season. What show is that? It's called It Should Have Been You. It Should Have Been You. And it's about a wedding. Oh. And Tyne plays the rather domineering mother of the bride and I play the wedding planner. Oh. <laughs> she, that's perfect casting because she, she's strong. She's, kind of I love her. Yeah, I'm I very too. blessed to work with a lot of very wonderful ladies. Uh, that is. And uh, uh, what, did, what did you play in Drowsy Chaperone? I played... Did you see it? Yeah, oh yeah. That, product, that I, a tour and we've had a couple of really oh, good right. productions here. I played here. Underling, okay. the butler who oh, has, okay. shares those <laughs> bizarre spit takes. Yes. With yeah. Mrs. Tottendale. Yeah. That yeah. Was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that is a lot of fun. Yeah, we had a great production over here at Marriott Theatre mm. up in Lincolnshire. You know, either in the round. Oh, really? Yeah. In the round? Yeah. That's well, it's actually a rectangle, but it's, you know, people seating. Uh, and that's, they do some unique shows there. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised you haven't worked there. I haven't. Yeah. This is my first time in Chicago since, as I said, mm-hmm. noises off. Mm-hmm. But the Maybe I'll get asked back. I did go last weekend to see um, the Sondheim at the Chicago Shakespeare. A roadshow. Uh, roadshow, which I thought was absolutely wonderful. Didn't Gary do a terrific job with I you? thought I met him before the show. We hadn't yeah. met before. I thought it was a superb production. Talent from soup to nuts. Yeah. I thought it was just wonderful. I think he saved that show. because. Well, it, I'd never seen it, you well, see. Well, when I it was, was bounced, the Goodman Theater Nathan did it, and it, yeah. it was just over-bloated. Yeah. And he, he brought it down to its essence. Oh, it looked beautiful there. Yeah. I thought it was a very lean and affecting production. Yeah, yeah it, it it's a it's a chamber piece. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, it is. So, the one thing I'm definitely impressed. I would have loved to have seen you in the mystery of Irma Vamp. Oh my! I was talking about that to my dresser right. here because I've got one vaguely quick change mm-hmm. here. I said, "Listen, once you've done Irma Vamp, <laughs> um, 
there's no such thing as a quick change anymore. Because That's right. That is absolutely... As Everett Quinton, who created uh, one of the roles in the original production, That's said right. to me when we met, the only time you rest when you're doing Omavap is when you're on stage. <laughs> That's right. Because, I mean, it, it, it is literally... You have to time it like a ballet. You walk off in that play and you have to be already undoing a rigged jacket to morph from playing, in my case, uh, the master of the house into a sort of Mrs. Danvers-type housekeeper. And in so many seconds, right? Changing costume and changing sex in about seven seconds. How do you mentally, I mean, physically... The last part, good production I saw at Court Theatre here in Chicago, uh, the dressers came out and took a bow, too. Which I they thought did. Was good. We had yeah, the same thing. Yeah. Uh, look, how do you prepare for it? It's really highly technical theatre. It's a bit like doing noises off. Okay, yeah. It has wonderful audience response. It's very gratifying. But it's not like mining the landscape of a Harold Pinter mm-hmm. or a Shaw. Or, I mean, it is what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a piece of... But, I mean, mentally... Do you do you mentally become the woman or the man as you're changing? Because you do, you got to change. You know, your your thought yes, process you changes. Do, you so do much. have to. Um, I just think it's, it, as I say, it, it's all very technical, and one just it's what one's you know. It's what you're trying to do. Paid to do, yes. Well, uh, you mentioned it earlier, but you did 11 years on Frasier. Well, you, I say 11 years. I mean, I was very lucky because I appeared for the first time in the first season mm-hmm. in what was ostensibly a guest shot, a guest one-off part. But happily, um, the role um, continued, and so I kept bobbing up and down on that show for 11 seasons. So you know, John, you know... Uh, I know them all, and I'm devoted to them all. I see a John lot of Mahoney, David. who's a local, uh, and you see David a lot. I see David a lot. He's in New York. John, as you know, is here. Yeah. Janie Leaves, I love, fellow countrywoman. I just saw her End of last year, we did an, I did an episode of a show called Hot in Cleveland, which she's on right now, Okay, which is on TV land. That was fun. She and the great Betty White. Oh, yeah. Um, and so we do all keep in touch. Perry Gilpin, you know, all of them. Wow. Yeah. That was that was such a great experience for you, wasn't it? it well, yeah. I mean, it's the greatest writing one will ever see on television. There's no question about that. I agree. I agree. And there are, you were talking about earlier before we were uh, recording this, about what they're all stage trained actors. That was part of it. But then we had some of the greatest comedy writers yeah. on on staff. And every week, I've done a lot of sitcoms now. And you know, when they're not good, and you get there for the first day's table read, and you think this is all going to be radically rewritten within the week, and they are with a Fraser script. They were so stylish and so seemingly flawless. There would obvious there would often be no changes apart from the odd little a but or an and here or there. They were in such great wow, shape. Wow, that that's rare, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Well, you were talking about the lessons of uh, if people want to get into film or television, learn their craft on the stage. You're a believer think, in that. Aren't you? I mean, I, 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 it's rare for me to work with an act who's come out of the world of film dash television and then goes on to theatre to have the state the chops, if you will. I mean, it, it, it's the foundations. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we all know. And they say that old line about if you can play Shakespeare, you can play anything. I say if you can play comedy, you can play anything. Thank you. You're, you're, several others have told me that, too. The hardest thing to do is comedy. I thought it would be, would be 
landing a song in a musical. Well, I think that's but, another big... But, they, um, but everyone's big. telling who does that that comedy is harder than that. Well, I think it depends. I mean, if you're blessed to have a gorgeous voice and that becomes second nature. But no, I mean, comedy... I don't think, at the end of the day, you can teach somebody how to get a laugh. You can suggest if you take a pause before a certain word, it might help. Or if you don't put your hand down on the table on that line, get to get very technical. Mm-hmm. But on the whole, it's an inherent... Um, talent. You think it's an instinctive talent? I think it's totally instinctive. Wow, that's interesting. I think it's totally instinctive. Just wanted to check and see how you're doing. I'm doing fine. I think... Are you... Do we have a little more questions? A couple more. Uh, All right. I should probably talk in around about five minutes. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, I I know you're you're pressed for time, but that's an interesting concept. So so what what would be your advice to these aspiring comics? Should they take the you know second city train? Well, you know, and all I've got, I'll tell you, there are some actors who who um, teach and do master classes the same way the great Barbara Cook does master classes mm-hmm. in vocal technique okay. and singing a song. And there's a wonderful actress, one of my dearest friends, called Mariah Aitken. I think she's directed something here in Chicago. She's English, was a a leading actress in the West End and has segued into a successful career as a director mm-hmm. The 39 Steps oh yes which was glorious oh glorious I've had the pleasure of working with her twice she directed Elma Vep which you okay. mentioned earlier and she does a fantastic masterclass in the specific technique of doing Coward mm-hmm. and I've done a lot of Noel Coward and that really does separate the men from the boys oh yeah oh yeah there's um, nothing better than a the rhythms yes but also people have this sort of Assumption that it's all about speaking in a clipped delivery and cigarette holders and lounging around. It's not. You play it absolutely for real. That's the way coward characters existed through their language. That's true. You know. That, that's true. Yeah. Well, uh, I know you're pressed for time, and, and, and thank you so much for the insights. It's my great pleasure. And welcome to Chicago. And Thank you. I'm looking forward to doing a little sightseeing once we get up and running. Yeah. Well, I'm certainly... We hope that the weather will get warmer for you. Well, I didn't know how to pack. I'll tell you, that was a <laughs> yeah. big challenge. Yeah, it is. Along with everything else. So, folks, go see a play this week and make it. The Sound of Music at the Lyric Opera. It is a a once-in-a-lifetime major, major production that only an opera company could do. So, folks, thanks for listening.